Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Welcome to another special edition of The Root of All Success. Today's video is actually going to be a little bit different. Um, today's episode rather is going to be a little bit different because I realize that a lot of you are not watching this. You only listen to it on Spotify or iTunes or wherever. But uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to see that we, what we've done is I've created this episode as a single long form video that you can see on my YouTube channel. And it's also going to be as, as you're watching it right now and my podcast playlist on my YouTube channel as well. But uh, this, you'll see about, you'll see what I'm talking about here in just a minute. Uh, I'll give you more information as I get started with the show, but I wanted to let you know, this is a, this is a special episode, solo episode of the root of all success. And I'm going to be talking about something that just happened to me over this past weekend. Well, actually when this comes out, it'll be the day before my anniversary. And I'll refer to that in a minute, but it happened to me uh, the last weekend of April in 2023. So I hope you enjoy this special episode of The Root of All Success. Marriage is hard, but divorce, even harder. At least, <laughs> at least that's what I hear. Uh, as of uh, May 13th, 2023, I'll be celebrating my 28th wedding anniversary. And... Um, I'm excited to say that um, my wife, Christy, is my best friend, and I can't imagine living life without her. But nevertheless, marriage is hard. And the reason I wanted to do this video is I had an experience, something happened to me, um, something happened to me about a year ago from recording this. It was in May of 2022. And I want to share that experience with you and show you what happened as a result of that experience and give you some background information. Now, I actually gave this talk that I'm doing today on this uh, in this video at TEDx Wilmington in April of 2023, just two weeks prior to my 28th wedding anniversary. Uh, we're also recording a special version of this particular video to release as an episode of my podcast, which is The Root of All Success. If you haven't listened to me on that podcast, I would encourage you to go check that out at The Root of All Success. And we're doing a different version of this video for the podcast as well. But we're releasing the podcast episode the day before my 28th wedding anniversary, on May, uh, which is May the 13th. But uh, marriage is hard. So divorce is harder. And my encouragement and the goal for me shooting this video today is to get you to join me in three simple words. Don't say divorce. Don't say divorce. Now, as I said, I gave this as a TEDx talk and it will be on Ted's website and you'll be able to find it there. I want you to go watch that as well. You'll get to see me speak this, do this talk live and in person at TEDx Wilmington and Theater Inn in downtown Wilmington, Delaware, which is a beautiful city, by the way. I've I've only been to Wilmington a couple of times, 
That's a beautiful city. But here's what happened to me in May of 2022. So I was invited to be on a podcast with Brad Lee on Dropping Bombs, uh, which is one of the number one business and entrepreneurship podcasts on the planet. And which makes sense because I'm a business coach. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I own seven companies. I've been in Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine. I mean, business is my life. That's what I do. Uh, and as a coach, I work with entrepreneurs to show them how to get success and balance in their lives rather than working 50, 60, 80 hours a week and hoping one day somebody will write them a big check for their business. So I'm kind of the guy that teaches success and balance through something called Exit Without Exiting. And that's what Brad and I talked about for most of the hour-long podcast on dropping bombs. But but in the middle of that podcast, Brad knew, he knew that, of course, that I had just celebrated my 27th anniversary. So in the middle of that podcast, he asked me the, the secret to being married for so long. That clip went viral. Just like most uh, podcasters, just like I, as a podcaster, we take my editors, take clips from the podcast and we release it as short form video on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, et cetera, uh, Instagram. And, and what, what happened is Brad's team took five or six clips from the show and put them out there. But the one clip that I'm about to show you now, that one clip where I gave my advice about marriage was seen by over 30 million people. Millions of comments and saves and reposts and shares. I mean, I'd run up to strangers in the street and they would come up to me and say, hey, I saw you. You're that divorce guy. The guy, not, I'm not the divorced guy, but you got to talk about divorce on, on, that, uh, on that podcast. I said, yeah, that, that was me. So I want to share that clip with you now. And then I want to talk about the backstory and give you really all of the information around it. And then what I'm going to do in this video is go through the rest of what was my TED Talk and give you some extra insight because my TED Talk was only 18 minutes. But in this video, I want to give even more context to what happened as a result of that video. My wife and I made a decision when we got married 27 years ago that we would never mention divorce, use the word divorce, joke about it. It never it's not an option for us where I have friends who in company, mixed company, would say, yeah, my wife would divorce me if I did this. We don't make those jokes because we know that's not an option. So we burn the ship. We burn the ships. They were not, that option is not on the table for us. So when we have fights, which we do, like when we get upset with each other, we make sure that that isn't, that is not an option. We got to make this work. This is where we're, we're ride well, or die. Did you notice anything about that clip besides the content? I'm wearing the same shirt and hat. <laughs> and it was, I did this on purpose because I wanted, I don't know, it's just a funny thing because I had that shirt and the hat on in the video. But if you look at that clip, the, my whole point was don't say divorce. Like my wife, Christy and I decided a long time ago not to say divorce. And I'm going to tell you the story behind that in just a few minutes. But in the United States, the divorce rate, we've all been told is 50%. We've been told that 50% of all marriages end in divorce, but that's actually not true. According to American Psychological Associations and psychologists Joan Kelly and Robert Levinson, it's 41% divorce rate in first marriages. Now, that's still not good, but it's better than it used to be. The divorce rate's actually going down over time. A lot of reasons for that. One of them is that people aren't getting married. They're cohabitating or living together, which in my opinion is preparation for divorce because there's not really any commitment. You're just living together. If you don't like it, you stop living together and you say, and you don't have to say, well, I got divorced. But in second marriages, it's 60%. And in third marriages, it's 73%. So that tells us that, that you keep trying and it's just not getting any better. 
Now, in that video clip that went viral with over 30 million views, people tell you, don't go read the comments. You should never go read the comments. But I did. I went and read the comments, and there were thousands, hundreds of thousands of comments. Now, on one side, there's the there's the comments that were supporting my comments and my perspective. And then, as you might imagine, there were people that did not appreciate my perspective and, and disagreed vehemently. So rather than going through and spending an hour just combing through the comments and showing what they said, what I've done uh, for today's video is I've pulled out three comments that are pro, that are pro <laughs> don't say divorce and three that are anti don't say divorce. And, it, and they're very representative of the, the hundreds of thousands of comments that were made on this video. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Melissa Lovern. She, Melissa Lovern says, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Now, Melissa knows what I know, that you don't say divorce. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. Well, another lady, Jessica, said at I Like to Eat Cake Too, which I think is a cool Instagram handle. She said, we're high school sweethearts celebrating over 30 years on July 4th. We were both products of divorced parents. We've committed to making sure that divorce is never an option. We've always made an effort to love and to commit to each other. Because of that, it's a whole lot easier to commit to our kids and focus on them. And we've raised two amazing children. And then the third positive comment was from Megan Cox, who said, yep, my husband and I did the same thing. When it's not an option, your mindset is different. You know, we're going to talk about mindset in a little bit, but mindset is one of the keys, I think, to having a happy marriage, long lasting marriage. And it's not just about don't say divorce. It's about the mindset that comes with that. But before we get into the mindset conversation, let's turn the dial back to the other side and go to the anti don't say divorce comments. All right. So what I did, by the way, too, is I, uh, I, I showed the Instagram handles of the pro comments so that you can go and follow those folks because they're, they're cool people, right? But the negative comments, I took the Instagram handles off on purpose because I don't want you to go blow these people up and, and I don't, I'm not trying to call them out. Because I obviously disagree with them. They disagree with me. I'm not trying to call them out. But this, in fact, is what they said. So Carol Rodriguez says, great way to tell people it's better to stay unhappy in a marriage than happily divorced. Face palm emoji. Uh, Ronald Dio takes it a little darker when he says, they can make that decision about divorce at the beginning of the marriage. But some people do change over time. It should be normalized to discuss divorce if you outgrow the other person later in the relationship. And you want something else without feeling trapped. In my TED Talk, I wasn't able to have the time to really dig into this comment, but I want to analyze this for just a minute before I carry on with the next negative comment. See, what Ronald says, and his comment is not isolated just to him. What his comment tells me is that his commitment is not in marriage. His commitment is to himself. Because what he's saying here, it should be normalized to discuss divorce if you outgrow the other person. Well, in a marriage, you're supposed to become one and grow together. And he says you can outgrow the other person later in the relationship and want something else without feeling trapped. Hmm. That doesn't sound like marriage to me at all. It sounds like a relationship of convenience based on egocentric idea of I'm the most important person. But again, that's just me. Now, the third negative comment that I want to share is from a guy named David. And, and this one, it went even darker. He said, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, 
Most of my relatives have terrible marriages and it's destroyed them sticking together and affected their kids badly because of the toxic life. Nothing wrong in saying this isn't working and finding a life that really makes them happy. I've seen a lot of U.S. crime documentaries and so many where people chose killing their spouses and even their kids over divorce insanity. Terrible advice. Well, I'm not sure that getting your marriage advice from U.S. crime documentaries is probably the best place to get it. You know, I may not be the number one dude in the world to give marriage advice, but I can tell you I'm not getting it from U.S. crime documentaries. You know, we've got to get better advice on marriage and divorce. And at the end of this video, I'm going to share with you the number one piece of marriage advice I've ever received from anybody. And the second piece, the second best advice I ever got was the title of this video. Don't say divorce. So I'm going to hold that second piece of advice for just a minute. But I want you to think about this. If you got married here in the United States or anywhere in the Western world, part of your your vows that you said to each other probably incurred, had had some included some version of this statement for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer in sickness and in health until death do us part. It's traditional. I, a version of that was said at my wedding back in 1995. But if we take the Ronalds and the Carols and the Davids comments and we say, okay, yeah, we got a normalized divorce. We're going to outgrow each other. We're going to find something better later in life. Then I think it requires us to rewrite vows. If you can even call them vows. And I have a few of those lines to share with you today. I take you to be my lawfully wedded spouse to have and to hold until something better comes along. Or, I promise to love you, to cherish you, to honor you, as long as you don't get on my nerves too much. Or, I vow to stick with you through thick and thin, except for those times when I just can't stand you anymore. Or, I vow to be with you until death do us part. Or, until I get bored with you and decide to trade you in for a younger model. You see, those comments are kind of funny. And I know when I said it at the TED Talk, we, I got some giggles. And the giggles were pretty bad, pretty, pretty uh, hefty at the beginning. But by the time I got to that last comment about trading in for a younger model, I didn't get a lot of laughs. Just a couple of nervous, nervous giggles from a few people in the audience. Why? Because I think everybody who heard those knows exactly how wrong that perspective is. Yet that's in the negative comments for a guy just like me, a normal dude who's been married a long time to the love of his life said, hey, just don't say divorce. Don't give yourself that out. And then to hear people go, no, we got to normalize it. Well, the only way to normalize is to change the vows to say, look, I'm only going to commit to you for a while until I get tired of you. And then I'll trade you in for somebody else. And then when we hear that. We're like, well, that can't be. That doesn't fit. That doesn't sound right. But in fact, that's exactly what those negative comments lead us to. What other conclusion can we make? Let me tell you the story about my beautiful wife and how I met her. Her name is Christy, and you can see some pictures of us right here on the screen now. But we met on a blind date when uh, she was 15 and I was 16 years old. And um, here's how we met. So my buddy Jerry is my, my buddy at the time, Jerry. He lived down the street from me. And so Jerry and I used to, used to go down to Pleasant Green Swimming Pool in Goodlitzville, Tennessee. So for those of you in the Nashville area, you know, know where that is. And we'd go down to Pleasant Green and we'd, we'd swim and we'd try to flirt with the girls. And, and there would be always, this, always be this line of girls sitting along the edge of the deep end of the swimming pool. And we would jump off the diving boards and try to splash them. Even though the girls were saying, don't splash us, don't splash us. Right? But that was the whole game. You splash them. They say they don't want to be splashed. 
you get an eye from one of them. You go talk to them. You start flirting. Maybe you end up dating. And that's exactly what happened that day with Jerry. Not me, but with Jerry. Jerry ends up meeting a girl named Trisha. So Jerry and Trisha end up going out on a couple of dates. You know, we're teenagers. We're 15, 16 years old. We're not that old. Like, so they just go out on a few dates. And so Trisha has her best friend of her own named Christy. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. You remember those things? <laughs> and 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door -door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content. Social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram Reels or TikTok or YouTube Shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? How, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that's story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. That's S-T-O-R-Y-Y for 10% off your first three months to try story out. You're going to thank me later. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. Uh, spoiler alert, that's my future wife that we're talking about. So so Christy and Trisha are best friends. Jerry and I are best friends. And so Jerry and Trisha are dating. And they decide, hey, let's get Jason and Christy together. Now, I will forever be grateful to both Jerry and Trisha for that because I met the love of my life my partner for a lifetime, the mother of my children. And uh, I'm very grateful for that. But but that first date, let me tell you about that. So uh, reluctantly, on July 3rd, 1991, I hop in the car. Jerry's sitting in the shotgun seat beside me. We hop in. It was a 1983 Chevy Celebrity. It was burgundy. I thought I was badass, but <laughs> it wasn't the coolest car on the road at the time. 
I wasn't the most popular kid in high school. And I'm thinking, man, I'm about to go on a date with somebody I've never seen before. This is crazy. So Jerry and I drive down 65 South from White House, Tennessee, where I lived, to Madison, Tennessee, just north of Nashville. And we pull into the parking lot of H.G. Hills, which was on the corner of Gallatin Road and Old Hickory Boulevard. Again, for you Nashville natives, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a Walmart there now. H.G. Hills is not there anymore. But we pulled in the parking lot that evening. And as I pull my celebrity across the parking lot, Trisha's driving her old Toyota Celica, I think it was, across the parking lot. And we park nose to nose. And I look out across the steering wheel, through the windshield, into the passenger seat of Trisha's car to figure out who is this person I'm about to go on a date with. And all I could see was a white headband and big glasses. <laughs> and I thought, what have I gotten myself into? Now, of course, that style, you get away with that in the early 90s. But so Jerry and Christy swap places. So Jerry gets out of my car. He walks around, gets in the car where Trisha, with Trisha in her passenger seat. Christy gets out of Trisha's car, walks around and gets in my passenger seat. And I, I look at her when she sits down in the car, of course, I've never seen her before. And I think, holy crap, this girl is hot. How did I get how is this happening? How am I, this awkward 16-year-old kid from White House, Tennessee, how am I going on a date with somebody this good looking? And then it hits me, oh, this is a blind date. That's why. Otherwise, she probably never would have given me the time of day. So we take off and we're driving down to Grand Old Golf to play putt-putt out by Opryland. And I am so enamored with how pretty she is. I'm looking at her out of the corner of my eye. Now, now let me kind of put this in perspective too. As she went to a pretty large high school in, in, uh, in Nashville and in Maplewood, for those of you that know where that is. And she was voted senior superlatives, the best looking. So I'm not telling you my wife was good looking because everybody thinks her wife's good looking. Everybody at that high school thought she was good looking. She was indeed hot and still is to this day. I love you, baby. So, so anyway, I'm looking at her out of the corner of my eye, trying to drive to the putt putt course. And I'm so involved in trying to stare at her just out of nervousness. I miss the exit. <laughs> and once I miss the exit, I hit the steering wheel in disgust and just made a uh, noise like that. Cause you know, I'm just frustrated myself that I missed the exit, scared her to death. Ended up having to drive much further past the exit, turn around and come back. But even with that rocky start, we had a fantastic first date. We played putt-putt. We did all the things that teenagers would do. Got popcorn and Cokes or whatever and, and had a great time. And for the next, most of the next four years, Christy and I dated. And on her 19th birthday, I asked her to marry me. And nobody knew. I think I'd told a couple of friends. I certainly hadn't told my parents. And I was so young and dumb, I didn't even go ask her parents, which I, one of the regrets that I have, I, I really wish I'd asked her dad for sure. But nevertheless, you can't go back. But on her 19th birthday, I asked her to marry me. And the following May, May 13th, 1995, we were married. And we've been married ever since. You know, after we got married, we, we were, um, I was in ministry the first decade or so of our marriage. And um, we were working at a church in Atlanta um, that first summer we got married. And I, uh, I remember we were hanging out with some other couples from church that were, some were, you know, we, we were pretty young. We were 19 and 20 years old, 
So all the couples were a little older than us. And there was one that was probably in their late twenties, early thirties, hanging out with us. And I remember one night we were all hanging out with some of those couples and, and, and one of the couples kept saying, I'll divorce you if you did that. I'd divorce you if you did that. And now they were joking. The same kind of jokes that I mentioned in the video clip, right? The same kind of jokes you've heard people say. Maybe you've even even said them. Maybe your spouse has said them. Don't do that or I'll divorce you. And that kept happening enough to make me feel uncomfortable. And when we got back to our crappy little apartment that night in Riverdale, Georgia, Christy and I talked about it and we said, you know, I didn't like the way so-and-so and so-and-so we're talking about divorce. And she goes, yeah, I don't like it either. And by the way, side note, those two people are divorced to this day, but we didn't like it. And it was that moment as newlyweds who just experienced this weird people saying divorce thing that we would never say it, that we wouldn't joke about it. We wouldn't talk about it. We wouldn't use it as an idle threat. It was not an option. We were, as I said in the video, ride or die. We were burning the ships. Because we had just committed a couple of months ago, not even a month, not even two months ago, to be with one another for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, for sickness and health until death do us part. And we didn't want to be leaving ourselves an out. Don't say divorce. You know, there's tremendous power in your words. Tremendous power in your words. Don't believe me? Well, let me give you an example. There's a doctor by the name of Dr. Masuru Emoto. He's passed away now, but he did a study back in the early 2000s on the power of words on water. And I know this is going to sound nuts, but you can look it up. He did a study where he took a bowl of water and he said really nice, encouraging things to this bowl of water. It must have been crazy to watch him do this, but he said encouraging words, nice things to this bowl of water. And then he put it in the freezer. He did another bowl of water, but this bowl of water, he spoke negative things, terrible things, played bad music, like just... It was, it was, it was aggressively negative. Everything he did to that bowl of water was negative and he put it in the freezer and he wanted to see if there would be any effect because he had a supposition, a theory that, that negative and positive things were vibrating and it would affect everything around it by either whether positive or negative. And so he pulled the bowl of water out that had been spoken kindly and positively to, and he looked at it under a microscope. And the ice crystals were beautiful. They were symmetrical. They were intricate and delicate. Actually, what he probably would have expected looking under a microscope at frozen water. But when he pulled the bowl of water out that had been spoken negatively to, he was shocked at what he found. What he found was that the ice crystals were deformed. They were asymmetrical and subjectively ugly. How can that be? When the only difference between those two bowls of water were the words spoken to those bowls of water. You know, our bodies are made up mostly of water. And if water can be affected by positive and negative words, then we can be affected by positive and negative words. One of my favorite authors of all time is Napoleon Hill. He wrote the great book, Think and Grow Rich, which you should definitely go buy and read today. It is a book you should study for the rest of your life. It is one of those kinds of books. But in that book, Think and Grow Rich, he talks about the ability that we have to shape our future with our words and how we think. Another, another guy, a huge fan of, his name is Bob Proctor, and he passed away a couple of years ago, and he's a speaker, an author, and a coach, and he writes a lot about the law of vibration and how everything is vibrating. 
And if you're vibrating on a positive frequency, you attract positive things because it wants to resonate. If you vibrate on a negative frequency, it, it attracts negative things because it wants to resonate. The Journal of Marriage and Family in 2013 said this after a study of couples. It said couples who have negative communication patterns such as criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling were more likely to get divorced. Now, can I find a study that says if you joke with your spouse about getting divorced that you will get divorced? No, I can't find one of those. But I can find this that I just read to you. That if we use negative words to one another, we are more likely to get divorced. There was a study written in, by Merton in 1948 that said this, the concept of self-fulfilling prophecy suggests that when we hold a belief or expectation about something, our thoughts and actions can actually influence the outcome. So if you have a thought, a belief or an expectation that I will outgrow you, I want to normalize divorce when I find somebody better than you. If I don't want to feel trapped, and that word trapped that Ronald used in his comment was not just Ronald, but lots of comments. If I feel trapped, then if those are the things I think about and I feel and I verbalize, then it is much more likely that you are going to get divorced. It'll be a self-fulfilling prophecy, just like that couple that caused us to never say divorce. Don't say divorce. There's power in your words. Don't say it. Eradicate it from your vocabulary. I, I started the webpage, don'tsaydivorce.com, to help people just like you and me to get resources, to know we shouldn't say divorce. Build a marriage based on the power of positive words. There's a guy by the name of Themistocles. You may have never heard of him before, but I know that you've heard his story. I referenced his story in that video clip that went viral that I showed to you just earlier in this video. But Themistocles was a Greek general in 480 BC at the Battle of Salamis against the Persians. And when he arrived at the battlefield on his ship and all his soldiers unloaded, he realized that he was outnumbered. And he needed as a general to do something to motivate his men to fight victoriously and valiantly so that they would indeed claim victory. So the only way he knew to do it was to eradicate any possibility of escape, no way of retreat. And so he burned the ships. That's where we get that phrase, burn the ships. He literally lit them on fire. And as they sank in the bay behind him, he spoke to his men to get them ready for battle. And he said, men, if we're ever going to get home, we must build new ships in this land. And if we're ever going to build ships in this land, we must be victorious in this battle. And because he, as a good general, cut off all methods of escape, they fought with that level of commitment that that was the only way they were going to survive. And in fact, they won. You must burn the ships. You see, don't say divorce is about the power of words, but it's also about the power of commitment, the power of commitment. The Journal of Marriage and Family in 2009 reported that commitment is a key factor in predicting relationship satisfaction and stability. And couples who reported higher levels of commitment were, were, were likely, more likely to stay together and report higher levels of satisfaction in their relationships. There's power, not only in your words, but there's power in commitment. And in those negative comments, we got people like David and Carol and, and Ronald are saying, no, normalize divorce. Get happy at whatever expense. No, I think you should stay committed to what you committed to. 
The Journal of Marriage and Family in 2016 reported that couples who reported higher levels of commitment in their relationships were less likely to experience infidelity. And boy, there are dozens, hundreds, possibly tens of thousands, maybe of comments in the comment section on that viral clip that said things like, well, if she slept with a UPS driver, you might feel differently. Well, maybe I would. But here's what I know. Christy and I are committed to one another. And that level of commitment really prohibits any wandering eye to go out and look for opportunities like that. And you can't, you, I mean, let's be real here. For the last 28 years that we've been together, there have been times when there were women who were interested in me and, and certainly a lot more men interested in my wife than women interested in me. She's better looking than I am. But we, none, neither of us took those opportunities. Why? Because of our commitment to one another. It's not just about three words, don't say divorce. It's about the power of the commitment that we have to one another. You know, I told you at the beginning of this, I was going to give you the number one piece of marriage advice that I ever received. And I want to give that to you now. And it's this marriage isn't 50, 50, it's 100, 100. And what does that mean? Well, if you go into a relationship with a 50, 50 attitude, if you and your wife, you and your husband, you look at each other and say, listen, everything here is 50, 50. Here's what, here's what that's going to look like in real life. If you haven't hit 100% in your relationship, if there's ever a deficit, you will never assume that it's your 50% that is not being met. You will always assume it's the other person who didn't do their 50%. You always sit back and say, well, I did my half. I did my part. Where are you at? You see, when we have that type of attitude, we will always find a deficit and we will always blame the other person. But the best piece of a marriage advice is marriage isn't 50-50, it's 100-100, which means that both of us are responsible for delivering all 100% to make the relationship exactly what we want it to be. Therefore, if there's ever a time in our relationship when we haven't hit 100%, we have no right to blame the other person. We can only look inward. It's 100-100. Now, it's easier said than done, of course, and it does require both of you to be committed, but that's what marriage is. It's a commitment to both people. I encourage you, don't say divorce. Three simple words that I want you to commit to. Don't say divorce. As I finish this, I want to give you the, I want to read to you a portion of the vows that uh, my wife and I had read by the preacher when we got married back in 1995. And these were written by a man named Edmund O'Neill, Edmund O'Neill. And I'm going to pull them up on my phone and I'm going to share with those, share those with you right now. Marriage is a commitment to life, the best that two people can find and bring out in each other. It offers opportunities for sharing and growth that no other relationship can equal, a physical and emotional joining that's promised for a lifetime. Within its circles of love, marriage encompasses all of life's most important relationships. A wife and a husband are each other's best friend, confidant, lover, teacher, listener, and critic. And there may come times when one partner is heartbroken or ailing and the, uh, the love of the other resemble the tender caring of a parent for a child. Marriage deepens and enriches every facet of life. Happiness is fuller. Memories are fresher. Commitment is stronger. And even anger is felt more strongly and yet passes away more quickly. Marriage understands and forgives the mistakes that life is unable to avoid. It encourages and nurtures new life, new experiences, and new ways of expressing a love that is deeper than life. And when two people pledge their love and care for each other in marriage, 
They create a spirit unique to themselves, which binds them closer than any spoken or written words. Marriage is a promise, a potential, made in the hearts of two people who love each other and takes a lifetime to fulfill. I'm the real Jason Duncan, and I want to encourage you, don't say divorce. Don't say divorce. If you find yourself in a marriage relationship that is 50-50, if you find yourself in a relationship where it's not 100%, it's not what you want, maybe maybe you're the one that's been joking about divorce. Maybe maybe you've been saying it way too much, and maybe, maybe things are on the skids, or, or maybe your spouse is the one joking about it. Maybe you don't have that relationship that you thought you were going to have in the beginning. Don't say divorce. Increase your level of commitment and get help. Now, I'm not a marriage coach. I'm not a marriage counselor. I know that since this has all happened, I've got people that say, Jason, you should be a marriage coach. This is what you should be doing. I don't know. Who knows what God has in plan for me? But but what I have done is I put together a bevy of resources for you at don'tsaydivorce.com. Don'tsaydivorce.com has got uh, by the time I get this video edited, it'll have this video on that page. It's going to have my Ted talk video on this page. It's going to have the clip from Bradley's podcast on that page, but not only will it have that content for you to consume and to think about, but I've partnered with several amazing marriage coaches, consultants, and other practitioners who can help you strengthen your marriage. So I want you to go to that page, Don't Say Divorce, and look up those resources. And if you want to follow me on Instagram or LinkedIn, I'm at the real Jason Duncan. Just know that as of right now, you know, marriage is not really the thing I pay attention to on a day-to-day basis. I'm a business coach. I help people with their businesses to build better lives, successful and balanced lives. But don't say divorce. Stay committed. Stay committed. Now, there is a second part to this whole thing that one day I will release a video on this, and that is about the most important important decision you'll ever make in your life, and that is the person you choose to be your spouse. Because let's face it, if you choose wrong, saying divorce, whether you say it or not, is going to be very difficult to have a relationship with someone that you've chosen incorrectly. And so I believe that all the divorces that happen I don't know what percent, but out of the 41% of marriages that do fail in divorce, a significant portion of those are only due to the fact that someone chose incorrectly. So be following me here on YouTube, follow me on Instagram, follow me on LinkedIn, and look out for that next video when I talk about the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. But in the meantime, thank you for watching this video and don't say divorce. So I hope you enjoyed this version of uh, of the podcast. It's a little different than I normally do. And uh, my editors and I are working on making this not only a long form video that you've just uh, th- that I could put out on my YouTube channel about this content about marriage being hard and don't say divorce, but also as a single special episode of the podcast. So thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope that you tune in again next week when I talk with another very successful entrepreneur, because that's what I normally do about his or her journey to success and how you can do the same thing and unlock success on your journey. And then there may be a time soon I'll be doing another solo episode. I've actually got one I want to talk about in the near future on the law of adaptation. Uh, And you know what? As I'm thinking about this out loud and talking about it, I think that'll probably be my next episode. So thank you for tuning in to The Root of All Success. As always, I am the real Jason Duncan, and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com 
to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.